got so much going on at once. The What The Heck Show on UnionPowerRadio.com. Uh, good morning, Teamsters of Local 804 and Teamsters listening across the country. Uh, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties we had this morning, trying to get the Zoom, trying to get the MixLR app, trying to get everything going. We had a, a couple of difficulties. We apologize for that, but we will be going old school as usual on the MixLR app. Uh, I want to thank Hector Fortis, as always, the Big Bad Wolf from Brush Avenue for, uh, you know, always trying to work on the technicalities of the situation. Doesn't always work out, but he does what he can to get us going. And uh, today, and why we're playing this music, because we got a fighter here. We got one of the, he's been with the Teamsters over 26 and a half years, fighting the company tooth and nail, protecting its members. He's one hell of a guy. He's been uh, uh, instrumental in helping our union, uh, you know, uh, basically just go in the right direction. Um, he's always behind the scenes. He's not looking for any special you know, uh, accolades or anything like that. He just does what he does because he cares about the membership. And he's here today to talk a little bit about what he endured during the time of the last executive board. Okay? Uh, people that are actually right now trying to run up against our executive board. Yeah, today. and if you don't want to listen, you can turn tune off because this is all about Local 804. And we're going to be talking about the IBT also. So, yeah. But we are going to be focusing today on our local 804 elections and some of the things that our brother here today on my side, Mr. Bill Grohl. Thank you for coming today, Bill. I'm happy to be here. Well, do you want to talk to us a little bit about yourself and what you've been through and a couple of things that, uh, you know, just give us a little insight on Bill Grohl and what he's done so far. Well, listen, I've always been a pretty sharp guy. And when I came to UPS... I saw there were members that really didn't know what was going on, and they were being left behind. And I saw, I saw that was wrong. We didn't always have a strong executive board. We didn't have always good BAs. But you know what? I still did my part to let the members know, this is what you're entitled to. This is what you got to fight for. And I gave them all a simple formula. Come to work. Do your job. You can do anything you want. All right? And I live by that today. I've been fighting with them for over 26 years, and I'm still here. <laughs> and yep, you're still you're still standing, baby. That's for sure. All hey, right. Tone, can you turn off your 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 phone? Your your I think somebody just texted you. There oh. you go. That that sound is gonna interfere. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Done. 
All right. Well, thank you. Yep. I've been getting texts uh, all morning from people that uh, one that wanted to listen to us on Zoom was letting us know that we were having some difficulties. I want to thank you all for giving us your feedback. Um, so, all right. So, Bill, a uh, couple questions. Let's uh, let's. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say um, congratulations on uh, a lot of the things that have been going on in Texas with uh, local seven six seven. Um, I want to, well, no congratulations yet, but there is going to be an election. Uh, there are a group of people running against that executive board who, who we had uh, Mike Hernandez. There you go, distraction number two. What was that? Why, that was you. No, I, went, I went silent for whatever reason. <laughs> that was you. No, I, I'm telling you something. All right. So uh, Mike Hernandez and his brother Adrian came on our show a couple of months ago, and they talked about the the discord going on in Local 767 and, and all the stuff that they were trying to, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that basically was corrupt and how they were treating the members. And there was a, a business agent or I forgot what executive board member there was trying to actually help the company fire an employee. And then uh, later on, we discovered that uh, they were going into trusteeship and all kinds of things went down. So I, I want to thank them for stepping up to the plate and saying something about this and actually getting it, you know, and getting a resolution where now you got a group of members that are standing up and are actually running. Go ahead, Heck, you want to say something? No, I, I, I mean, I want to hear what Bill got to say. Right. I really do. Oh, I, yeah. mean, okay. I mean, I mean, Bill, I mean, you've been in this come in this uh, Teamster Local 804 for quite a while, and you've been through a couple of executive boards, and actually you were one of the guys that were in the committee, uh, the negotiation, negotiation committee. committee with the, the strong slate. And um, uh, I guess they when they lost, uh, we took we took over the EMS slate. What, what what was your experience? Look, everybody's saying, please let Bill talk. Don't interrupt. Uh, so we're gonna let you talk, Bill. Well, uh, when, when you when you're sitting at a table with the company, closer. Right, when you're sitting at the table with the company, and their first thing is everything has to be cost neutral, you get up and you walk out. The strong slate sat there and ate that shit up. But again, they were being controlled by Walter Kane. Why was a lawyer sitting as, a, as on the committee when he's not a teamster? Nobody knew. But all cues came from Walter. I assume because this was supposed to be a technicality. They were going to push a contract through and they were going to make promises that would get them reelected. Fortunately, we held things up and got the committee seeing our way and members of the board seeing our way to the point where... They couldn't get it done, and God bless, because I don't know where we would have been had they got it done. Well, I'll ask you this, uh, uh, Bill. Montalvo is spreading uh, uh, some rumors or saying that, uh, that when it came to negotiations that Vinny and his board didn't add anything new. What he's saying is that the executive board basically just went along with whatever they had already accomplished. Would you say that's not true? That's, that's a farce. Let, let's, let's call it out what it is. When Vinny and the boys came on, they were stuck with whatever they had on paper. They were not allowed to introduce anything different. So all they were allowed to negotiate was the pension wasn't resolved and the Sundays weren't resolved. That's all the new board was able to get into. As Other than that, it would be called regressive bargaining, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And the funny thing that you mentioned that, because the committee, I got to admit, this, this committee was all about the members. We were members first, not the board. And you know what? 
we came up with a whole bunch of things that we thought that the part-timers needed, the insiders needed, the drivers needed. And guess what? That's their new platform. Three years later, they want to introduce a 10-step program that mirrors everything they couldn't do the first time. So who are they kidding? Well, yeah. Another thing that Montavo was claiming was that he was fighting to get more money for the part-timers. Oh, really? I guess that, you know, Danny, I guess he's forgetful because I guess he doesn't realize his name is on the national agreement. He was sitting in negotiations with the IBT when they decided part-time employees should wait five years to go to 1550. So how, where, was the, where, was, where was he all upset about that? Mm. Wow. Another question that we had was, there was a little talk about how much help that they were getting when they were trying to run from Hoffa. Um, I mean, we all saw that time that they were running that they had to have somebody backing them because they had all these fancy T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. Do you know anything about that? Were they being backed by, in actuality, Hoffa? Listen, they're, they're always going to go to their dying day lying and saying no. But let's, let's take another thing. So Danny Montavo was on the National Committee. That should have been an honor. We haven't had anybody on the National Committee. But then you're going to talk about your members first. What a joke. Right? <laughs> you, you were actually helping the, you were helping the IBT and the International on the Vote Yes campaign. Did you not know your local was voting 95% no? Who were you representing? The 5% that didn't know? So wait a minute. When all of us were on the vote no campaign and pushing to push this contract down, uh, would you say the other executive board was on some kind of vote yes campaign? Uh, Montavo was. I don't know if he had his own agenda, you know. But does that not reek of Hoffa? Your locals vote no, and you're you're backing yes. So Tony, we we could get on Zoom now on Facebook Live if you want to get on and just show uh, you and Bill. But uh, I, I got to ask you a question. So uh, Bill. Because you was in the uh, committee, and you had over 30 people in that committee at one point. Why so many people, why so many members, they wanted so many members in that committee? All right. Let's, let's be fair. The, the members on that committee were all, they were all bored. They were strong members. They were strong supporters. Okay. They were there for a show. We represent the membership. Look, they brought us on. When I went there, I thought I was in the morgue. Because I'm sitting with 30 people that are just shaking their head yes. Nobody has anything to say. As they're saying ridiculous things. And everybody's like, oh, we're good with it. We're good with it. No, we're not good with it. You know? And you know what? People don't give Eddie, Eddie Vialta any credit. I understand that. But remember one thing. Eddie Vialta made a mistake at a general membership meeting. He went out and said, we will take help from anybody. And I walked up on the stage and in front of people, I told him, Eddie, I'm your man. I'll be there tomorrow. He's like, no, no, Bill, you know, I know you know everything. He goes, no, no, we have a meeting tomorrow. I don't want you to go out of your way. I said, I'll be there, All right? When I showed up, the room let it exhale. Why is he here? Well, you know what? Eddie had a conscience. He knew they weren't ready for this contract negotiation. He knew it was going bad, and he knew he needed help. And I, and I said, listen, Eddie, we put our differences aside. You're still my president, and I'm here for the members. And if people say I have an agenda, that's my agenda, the members. All right? I couldn't let that contract go bad because they don't know what they're talking about.
So, I mean, that that negotiation was kind of a, a zoo as far as, you know, not the members because they were just adding people left and right and people that didn't even care about uh, union or the union book or the contract book. I mean, I saw people in, I saw members in that committee and, you know, they still my brothers, but they never read that contract book. So why would you be negotiating a contract or having a say-so on a contract that you know nothing of? Well, because they were there just for show. This was supposed to be a rubber stamp thing. Mm. Walter was there to push a contract through. Their premise was, we're going to get a pension increase. The new full-time drivers are going to work weekends, telling his drivers, you guys are going to work Monday to Friday. Screw the new people. And now that, that's their new platform. We're out for the new drivers. We're out for the, for the, new, the, the new part-time inside employees. Guess what? When we were in negotiations, if you were going to be hired after 2018 in August, you were called the unborn. And you know what they said? Fuck the unborn. Oh, excuse me. No, well, you can, no, no, you no, can no. curse. Right. Totally. <laughs> they said, curse. you know totally what? Fine. The unborn, the unborn, and these new drivers, they'll work Wednesday to Sunday. We're all going to Monday to Friday. We have families. I guess these new members don't have families and weren't going to have rights. Because had they gone their way, all of our people would have been working Sunday for straight time. And to Murphy, who, who has the balls to go on one of his rants and talk about Bill Grohl and his family. Well, I'll tell you what. I stood up at a meeting one day because I got tired of the head shaking up and down. And I told him, you sell out this membership, especially on this Sunday issue. I'll be out on the street with my wife and daughters, making sure everybody knows you sold us out. And he goes on Facebook and says, where was Bill Grohl and his family when Vinny gave away Sundays? Well, guess what, moron? He didn't give away Sundays. That's why we're not working Sundays. Wow. He really blamed uh, Vinny for that? He said he sold out Sundays and I didn't show any reaction. I must have been good with it. Wow. But you know, when you drink too much, you say things you shouldn't say. That's <laughs> 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 fired for paying. So I was hearing that the committee had voted over three and a quarter not to uh, not to uh, present the 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 uh, what you guys were discussing at negotiations because it wasn't in good faith. Is there any truth to that? Listen, absolutely. So we had we had I, we had a twelve hour meeting where the company made us sit there like dopes, right? Right. And decided we have nothing else to say. Okay. So we voted. Part of the board voted. We swayed enough people that we were gonna, we voted with the board not to present to the members. Within hours of us voting, President Montavo, in his last act as president, thank God, <laughs> went on 804 website and said the committee is being unfair to the company. Wow. Do you know the company is putting stuff on the table that some committee members want to leave there? They want to leave a pension increase and jobs on the table. You know? You need to call the, the, the hall and let us know what you think. And I did. But I, I cursed at a couple of people. I don't think that message went through, you know. But I also, on that Monday, me and Phil Moderano, who's a shop steward with me, brother that I've worked I, with for I many years. I think he's on the phone. Phil, can you hear us? How you doing, Arthur? Can you hear us? I hear you guys. You hear me? Yep. Hello? Yep, I hear him. Can you hear Hello. Us? Can you hear us, Phil? I hear you guys. You hear me? Yep. We yes, hear we hear you. Well, good afternoon, guys. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Thank you for coming on the show, Phil. We appreciate you. Uh, Phil here is another one of 
uh, the brothers been fighting for a long time at UPS. We want to thank you, Phil, for showing up. I know you're uh, Bill's right-hand man. And um, uh, we're just going to let Bill uh, talk a little more here, and then we're going to bring you in and introduce you. All right, Phil? Uh, perfect. But listen, just want to let you guys know, uh, enjoy the show. You guys are doing a great job. And uh, so, William, you, uh, you've arrived. You get to sit with uh, Tony and Hector. Uh, you've made it, buddy. <laughs> listen, when putting out the truth has made it, that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, Bill. You let so, know. Bill, keep on with your reins, please. I want right. to hear more. So, me and Phil came up with a flyer that Monday. I was out. I got up to crack of dawn. I came to the members, the drivers, and I came up with, with, our, with our flyer disputing everything President Montavo put out there. All right, and I just wanna I just wanna let you know what the what I what our conclusion was at the end. If you if you don't get to see it, I said we believe our proposals were fair for one of the biggest concessions in history. The committee by by a majority agreed there was no reason to consider presenting this subpar offer to the members. We remain confident that member support can stand strong and deliver a supplement worthy of our members. Please let your local officials. Trust our, our judgment and continue to fight. We will not cave. That was our response to Mr. Montavo's last act as president because he knew his days were numbered. Without that contract being sealed, they had no shot to win the election. So what do you think? Why do you think he's running again knowing that uh, the, the majority of the membership can't stand him and can't stand the fact that he said this? And I want to play this out there for you guys uh, that uh, you could comment on it afterwards. But... <laughs> I mean, what do you meant by that when he says he's going to take it and run with it? And just so well, all you members know, we're going to take a picture of this uh, copy that Bill made, and we're going to put it on our Facebook page so you guys can read it yourselves. But yeah, Phil, uh, why don't you elaborate on the whole take it and run with it thing? All right. Well, listen, like I said, so prior to that, the meeting was to let the drivers know, listen, we're going to get you a $500 pension increase, which wasn't negotiated yet, and we're going to make sure the new drivers work Wednesday to Sunday. You guys are all going to work Monday to Friday and be with your families. Again, your members first, right? So the new people don't count. And then you have the balls to say, this is our core group. We're looking to the inside, to the new people, to the new drivers with no rights. No, three years ago, they were the unborn and fuck them because your guys were going to get you reelected. Well, it didn't happen. Nice. <laughs> Tony, you got no questions to Bill? What the hell? What do you mean? So no, now I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> no, what you're you not. About? You asked like one. I asked a couple. So anyway. <laughs> I got all mine marked off already. I got four questions got already asked. Right. What are you talking so, about? So, uh, I mean, Bill, I mean, I mean, I mean, you want me to help you out, heck? You don't need to help me out <laughs> okay. because I just want to ask direct questions. I don't, I'm not, I don't, you know. You know what? I don't hit behind the bush like like, like, like your last time. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? The bush. Yeah. So anyway, like bush. Uh, Murphy right now is it's it, it just that this put together uh, slate called I call it management first only right. because, you know, they always they were always hanging out with management when they were strong. They were doing soup kitchen. Uh, you know, I you know, that that's that's a good thing. That you you donate your time to feed the hungry. I got that. I do that all the time. But why would you do it with labor? Why would you do it with 
the company hand in hand. Those are the guys that fire you, that don't care about your life, don't care about the membership, and don't get. Why would you go do a a a soup thing, a, a homeless feeding, whatever they were doing, and hanging out with these guys? Um, why would you think they would do that to hang out with those labor guys that fire members? Well, because remember, they didn't have the stones to stand up to the company. So what do you got to do? You got to play along. One of the biggest jokes that we always do, we always talk about to this day, early on, they were going to be aggressive. They went out, you spent the members' money and bought task force jackets. <laughs> they were going to do building raids. <laughs> now, guess what? The building raids were going to be orchestrated because they would tell somebody, listen, you know, we're going to be coming in like the company cared. But guess what happened? After their first building raid, the company said, how dare you? You never come in with those jackets again. Guess what? Unless you can find one on eBay, they're collector's items. They were worn once. Actually, actually, when we got into the hall, Santiago, when he was doing the, the video thing around that, he was uh, making sure that there were no files missing and nothing like that. Uh, he went down to the basement and he found a team uh, team force, whatever they call task, it, task, task force, uh, yeah. task force uh, jacket downstairs in the basement, collecting dust with the with the uh, blow up dog with the with the with the uh, fat cat. Right. So that I guess <laughs> they put it there and they say, oh, maybe nobody will find it there, you know. But yeah. that was a, a a crazy joke that they went around and spend the members' money on those jackets for, for what? I, I don't get the task force thing. Well, again, that was going to be, if the company would have allowed it, you know, because, again, it was going to be orchestrated. Listen, when we come in, just show that you respect us. They were going to put a show for the members, but the company wouldn't even give them that much respect. They said, screw you, no jackets in our building. You want to come in our buildings, you come dressed in regular clothes. Wow. Let me ask you something, Bill, and this is something that's... That's been, I'm sure, on a lot of members' minds. Uh, there's a lot of members on that slate that he's running. Um, we got uh, Danny Cross, Justin Delarada, Jonathan Guest. You got a lot Who? of members. Who? Who's, who's Justin? Uh, Justin Delarada. Oh, the one that just did his bio on iPhone? I, I believe I, I so. I guess he was uh, at lunch and made his own bio that he's been a Teamster for how long? I don't even know how long. I don't know. But I would like to build to talk a little bit about... I mean, knowing that what Montavo and Murphy have done up to this point, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe if you know those guys or why they would want to run with Danny? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I give Hector an analogy. Hector, I'm going to give you a time machine. You can go back in time, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you buy tickets to the Titanic? <laughs> All right? These guys know that they're dealing with a train wreck. You, guys, you gave a pass to some of these people mentioned. Danny Cross, who I like. Jonathan Guest. But guess what? The past is gone. All right? You can do just as much for the members without running by doing your job and protecting the members. All right? You, you selected to join a train wreck. The other gentlemen, I got to think they're just naive and don't know any better. All right? But if you notice, we don't hear them bragging that they were in office. Most new people think these are new people. They don't know that they almost ran us into the ground. That's why it's important to the people listening if you have new people in your building, let them know they were the unborn. They were supposed to be screwed for life so that they could get reelected. Now they come back three years later and they want your vote. You know why? They can't get anybody else's vote. <laughs> yeah, well, but, go ahead. I got to ask you a question because you said you like a couple of guys on that slate, which is Danny Cross that you said and John Guess. Okay. 
This is John Guess when uh, that he put out on Facebook. But that's just just that's just the way that I am. I mean, um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll I'll tell you that I'm wrong, and I'll learn from it. And the reason I say that to you because he he put out something on me on on Facebook that I stole uh, another member's money from the uh, union hall when I was there. I mean, from the credit union when I was there as a supervisory committee. And uh, he had the wrong information, and he put it out there thinking it's going to stick. You know, he's going to throw st- uh, shit on the, on the wall and see if it's going to stick. And for him to put that on the bio that when he's— uh, But that's just, just, that's just the wrong. way that I am. I mean, um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll, I'll tell you that I'm wrong, and I'll learn from it. Right. So this is him saying on the bio on his uh, whatever the eight describers on the YouTube channel for 804 members for mem- management members first. I can't even say the members first thing because they're not really for members first. Uh, and and I called him on off the air and, and spoke to him and said, you know, you got the wrong information. You should have called me before you put that information out there. He you know, he put it as a, a guess who guess 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 what member stole from another member. And then and then he blows it out that it was Hector Fortis, uh, the radio host guy that that stole. And he had all the wrong information and how I the, the I knew it was the wrong information. But Miles, the CEO of the credit union, he put out a, a message out there. And before that, they all called him. And this is how scumbags they are. Danny Montabo, Murphy, and John Guest called the, the CEO of the credit union to tell him, don't put it out there that we were wrong. Don't, don't, don't make Hector look good. Let him crash. Let him crash. And that's, the, that's fucked up. That these guys are running for office with no merits whatsoever, but they want to demolish another member for lies. All right. So when you say you like, you know, I I like I I liked him before, whatever. I can't like him now because now I don't trust him. Now I don't trust his words because if he's saying this on his body, that's just just that's just the way that I am. I mean, um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll, I'll tell you that I'm wrong, and I'll learn from it. Right. So if he was, I told him he was wrong. He didn't say he was wrong, and he didn't learn from it because he. I asked him on the phone to go on Facebook and tell the people that you had, you know, someone gave you the wrong information, and I apologize. That's all I said to do, and he f- refused to do that. And then to hear his bio saying, "Hey, I'm, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong." Well, you were wrong, and they admitted they they got you. You were wrong. So why you're not admitting to it? So this is this is the type of person that's running for this slate, for this members first slate. Your members first slate, I, you know, and I always say they always come out three every three years. They hire under the rock for the three years before election, and then they'll come out and say, "Hey, I'm here. Let's run. I'm going to run for office." Because you know, I don't know how many numerous times that John Guest tried to get into office and he failed every one of them. Well, let me ask you a question, Hector. Hector. If you're if you're a guest, you can, you, you hold on. Uh, Phil, oh, Phil, Phil wants to say something. Yeah. I'm sorry, Phil. You want to jump in there? I do, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Go ahead. Thank you. Forgive me, guys. I'm not hearing you guys great, but I'm uh, doing the best I can here. Um, just a quick story on guests, and I want to just first, if anybody doesn't know me, um, I support everybody's right to run. Right? I know what it's like when uh, supporting people and you're an outcast because you go against the status quo, right? I, I saw Tim Sylvester be a, treated like a pariah before he was president. Or when Williamson tried to run, you know, people would, you know, act all side of the way just because we believe in a democratic process. 
Um, so, again, I always suspect everybody who wants to run. A quick story. So when Jess came through our building three years ago, and he was campaigning, and, um, and I spoke to him and a couple of his people, and I said, John, you know, I'm really disappointed in you. I said, for you to put this stuff on your website and make all these promises, promises you know you can't deliver, because nobody can deliver. You can't make these changes unless we have a contract to negotiate, right? I said, so for you to put this out there, that you're going to make all these ridiculous changes, you're lying to the membership. And the man looked me dead in the face and said, I wasn't lying. I didn't say I would promise these things. I said, these are things I would just like to do. And I swear his people just looked at him with the Scooby-Doo voice like, Ooh. like, what did you just say? <laughs> Let me ask you guys something. Uh, speaking on that, uh, between the both of you, I'd want to hear both your answers. What's the difference in going into negotiations with Montavo and the executive board back then and going into negotiations with EMS directly afterwards? What was the difference there, Bill? Well, immediately, there was the change in tone by the company. They weren't so arrogant. They knew they actually had to come with something, all right? They had a formidable appointment across the table. Absolutely. This was not going to be a, a pushover deal, all right? They, they had no respect for the prior board, whether they liked to hear that or not. When every day, the first thing out of, out of Jim Dolan's mouth was, remember, fellas, don't come with anything that's not cost neutral. Well, let me tell you something. If that was Vinnie Perone and they said everything must be cost neutral, we would have got up and left. And that's how our members felt bad. The committee sat there and said, why would you let them say something like that to us? And there's no reaction. How about you, Phil? Same question. What was the difference? Phil? Phil, you still with us? I don't hear you pretty well, but okay. let's try uh, again. Ba basically, did you uh, feel the same way? Uh, what was the difference in negotiations between having EMS there and Vinnie Perone and Montavo and them? What was the difference? Oh, listen, it, it's night and day. Uh, listen, it, it truly is experience matters. It, it, it's night and day. You, you, you can't... Uh, you can't describe it. I mean, you talking about in the building or at the table? I'm talking about building, at table, everything that was done to that point, the difference of both. If, if you guys don't mind, I'd just like to share a quick story when um, we, we, they first got in. And, um, you know, listen, I'm a long-time steward. I'm almost 20 years as a steward. And, you know, I work with everybody, right, because it's about the number. So we had a gentleman that, the company was trying to railroad. He actually filed a corporate complaint against uh, a supervisor. So in turn, they were trying to fire him. As a matter of fact, they actually discharged him. Uh, he went down to the hall, spoke to Eddie, and uh, I guess he threatened to sue them. And he told the business agent, well, I'm not going to tell his name, to go in there and fix it, right? No, no lie. So we, we, we go in your, I go in the office. I bulldoze my way in, right? And... Um, so we sit there, and say, the DM says, well, I'll consider a 45-day suspension. And I'm thinking to myself, you haven't even reviewed any evidence. So I turned to the business agent, and I said, okay, so did you review all the, the statements? He goes, huh? I said, yeah, did you review the statements for the witnesses? And he goes, I said, well, give me all the statements. Let me review it, this, that, and the other. So I go through it, I'm starting picking the company's paper part, right? Making a long story short, at some point, he turns around and the DM's like, well, I still want to give him a 30-day suspension, right? I said, okay. I said, did you question all the witnesses? 
He goes, huh? He goes, we can do that? I said, oh, Jesus. So I start questioning all the witnesses, get everything going, this, that, and the other. Make a long story short. This guy's trying to convince this, this poor kid to take a 30-day suspension, right? I said, go outside, talk to the kid. I'm going to talk to the division manager. A half hour later, I walk out. He goes, what happened? Did you get him to get up after 20 days? I said, no, he's coming back to work with nothing. So this was experience. It matters. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is, this is, it was, it was, but, it was a travesty how little these guys knew. Phil, let's just talk about the presidency here. I, I, I just need to get, because you guys know Vinny and you guys know Montalvo both for a long time. And we spoke about this a little bit last time on our show, guys. What's the difference between Montavo and Vinny? Like, you have two presidents now running. One that was there for three years, did what he's done. We got our president, Vinny Perone, that's there now, that's done what he's done. Well, what's the comparison there? What do you mean comparison? Like, I want to hear what you guys think he is the was, He was a vice president. I, I want to hear from Bill. I, all right. Okay. I'm going to... We we're gonna, spoke we're gonna about listen. it last week. We're going we're gonna to let Bill, okay. Bill and, and Phil talk. Right. But I just want to get into that real Go ahead. quick. Go ahead. Because remember, this guy been trying to get that fucking seat. <laughs> that seat. From Club. Vinny... From, from Vialta. For a... a, a the whole time he was in office, the whole time they were in office, they didn't think about members. They thought about getting those guys that are that are, uh, are going to run against them in three years. They were thinking about three years when they got right into office, and they should have been talking, thinking about the membership. Yep, and that's true. His 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 time in there was just bashing the shit out of fucking Vin, uh, Eddie, Eddie Vialta the whole time because he wanted that seat. He wanted to take that seat. If he wanted that seat, why didn't they negotiate when they first ran together? Why didn't he didn't take that seat then? He didn't have the pull. I'm because guessing. they were going with the Hispanic folks. So well, Danny's Hispanic. Danny, it is Hispanic. You're right. He is Hispanic. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just so weird that he wanted to be a president of that of of local 804, and why did he he didn't take the the, right, the seat right. then? When 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 I, I think uh, Eddie had more pull and Eddie may have been a little more charismatic. I mean, look at Danny seriously. But well, again, uh, but let's go let's go to Hector's point though. Yeah. What what happened to you? You know, you had you had uh, Mr. Riley. Yes. Right. Yes. How cool? How what a coincidence! Riley all of, all of a sudden became Riley Fernandez. Like, who are you joking? You were Riley all these years. Now you're Riley Fernandez. That was going to get you elected. I guess that made you qualified. That's it. We're pushing for the Latino vote. There you go. But but seriously, guys, what do you feel the difference is between... I know. Well, well, obviously, Vinny wasn't trying to go after any particular votes. He built a nice, diverse slate full of uh, strong individuals, whether they were black, Spanish, white. It was just a good group of people all together willing to work towards a common goal. But... (laughs) I mean, I want to compare now. We spoke a little, like I told Hector last week, about the difference between Montalvo and Vinny. I'm just wondering if you can give us a little of your insight. I'll, give, I'll give you a, an exact thing, all right? Yeah. Stewards doing their, during their reign feared for their jobs, oh. all right? Oh. You couldn't fight with the company. We were told early on, stop antagonizing the company. Stop writing grievances. The company's getting mad. That's what you're telling your stewards, all right? For somebody like me who could defend themselves, I could care less what you tell me. But for the weaker stewards or the new stewards, you were walking on eggshells. How do you do your job when you can't stand up to the company? 
with Vinny on my back, guess what? I think I can do whatever I want. And you know what? If I fuck up, I got somebody that's got my back. All right? Nobody thought they had their, they had their back covered when those guys were in charge. Uh, how about you, Phil? Same question. Difference between Montavo and Perone. Well, uh, is this a cheap shot? I mean, one was, one was sued by their own employees. The other wasn't. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> I mean, that's never not happened in our local before, just right? Just facts. Hey, listen, that's not a cheap shot. That's just facts. They call that an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, Carl, Carl, has a, Carl has a question. Sure, Carl. Listen, the big, the big difference, right, in my opinion, and I, I've known um, Vinny for a long time. He comes from our building. I've got to know Danny a little bit just through sewage meetings and whatnot um, over the years, and it's just leadership. You know, Vinny is growing on the job, and he's growing leaps and bounds every day. And, and let's face it, Vinny has some charisma, and uh, it's leadership. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. You know, uh, or who, who's following Danny in the, in the foxhole? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, Nobody. Murphy is. Nobody, Murphy right? is. <laughs> Murphy well, yeah, is. a couple guys. Carl, you had a question? Can he, Can Carl talk? I can barely hear him. Can you hear him? Yeah. You heard him? Oh, I have a good one. I have a good one. I have a positive thing for that, that, that last board, right? The fact that you went after your own members and disqualified some of the most qualified teamsters in our local, you made Vinny president. Thank you all. <laughs> all right. All right. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> how, how about you, Phil? Say, same question. Did you hear Carl's question, Phil, by any chance? I, I didn't. If you could repeat it, I would appreciate it. He basically um, asked if there was wait, one wait, positive. Wait. Let's see if he can hear him. Go ahead, Carl. Go ahead, Say Carl. it back again. If, if you could, if you could give one positive no, interaction, okay, all right, he can't hear you, Carl. If you had one positive from that old executive board, one thing that you could mention that was a positive thing, what would it be? I, I tell you, I can't come up with anything positive. <laughs> I think I hear crickets. I said it before. I'm a longtime steward. I've seen the administrations come and go, and we're we're, we're thankful and lucky that we survived. Wow. All right, guys. Uh, let's do this one. How about uh, the morale up to this point of, uh, of the members? Let's, let's go with how the members are feeling right now. When you got to compare what the members were going through back then and to what the members are feeling now, well, how would you describe it? And I'm sure you've seen it in your buildings. Well, I'll start uh, with you, Bill. All right. Well, again, members under their regime were not, were not going to participate at all. Because they feared anything that, that antagonized management, when they got in trouble, who was going to protect them? If you weren't in a building with a strong steward that had your back, how could you say anything? You knew you, knew you were going to be left out to dry because you were a liability. Yeah, a lot of people got that uh, fire insurance because they were worried about losing their jobs. That was like the highest uh, rate of people actually joining that insurance ever. The funny thing is that uh, when I was at the TDU convention, 
And the guy that actually runs that that uh, that insurance, that extra insurance, he says, "Man, you know, I was with ever you. since ever since you know Strong got out. I mean, my the, everybody dropped the insurance because <laughs> he said he had a, such a, a a high mark when uh, Strong was in office that everybody got that insurance, including myself. Right? I got it myself too because I wanted to, be, you know, the the company wants to." Uh, break you financially and with this insurance because we didn't have the backing of strong and danny montabo and all of them that were in that office um they uh i had to get the insurance also and then a lot of people a lot of members of 804 got that insurance and i think right after they lost the election and ems came into effect he told me that the the percentage went down from 804 everybody started dropping out because now they felt protected by the 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 new executive board same question to you phil out there um well how do you feel what the difference is between the morale of the membership now in comparison to back then i mean let's let's be clear on something it, it's always an uphill struggle to get the members involved even in the best of conditions right i think those of us who are stewards or business agents or people who are involved we know this right the members are reluctant to get involved in general for the fear of retaliation but when you have a board that is not competent or not trying depending on who, who we're talking about uh obviously the, the members are running and hiding you know they're they're, they're afraid they're not going to get involved they're not going to stick their neck out they're not going to they're not going to be active. Um, and, and that was the, the, the center right there in, in the building. Unfortunately, um, at least in our building, um, you know, we had a senior group of stewards and we're all tight in that building and we were able to kind of hold things together um, for the members. But it, it's the, the people I talked to around the local, everybody was on pins and needles. Everybody was afraid to lose their job. Yeah. You know, or, or they throw uh, shit against the wall and next thing you know... Uh, in a 30-day suspension or, you know, whatever else it is. And that's the question that comes up. If you know that you didn't do well the three years past in the office because you had the opportunity, Murphy and Montabo had the opportunity to do something when they were there with uh, with uh, all the other guys, with Kirk Shocker and the rest of the crew. If you knew that you did not do anything, and what makes you think now after three years that you're going to do something different than I, that, that fucking mess that they did in three years that they were in office. Hector, let well, me interrupt you for a second. I'm sorry. Um, Murphy is a, um, is a clerk in my building, obviously, and he's very close. He's right there next to my center. And him and I have, have conversations pretty often. And... It's not so much a swaying one way or the other. It's, it's just conversations because he's a member, I'm a member. And if, when I talk to him, none of, this, none of the stuff that's being said happened. He doesn't, he thinks, or, or the way he tells me the stories, all the negative stuff that people are putting out never happened. So that's <laughs> why they're running because according to them, Nothing bad happened. Oh, so that world so, just doesn't exist. They're in the twilight zone. Is that what it is? Listen. You got the twilight zone sound? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's, that's what they're living in, the twilight zone. Everything that's being said didn't happen, and that's... Well, let's talk how about you, what's how, happening how can, right now, Hector. How can, how can you let's, be Hector. so um, naive that... It, let's talk about what's happening right now. Phil Pasiri in our group. 
No, 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 no not, not you, not you, not you. Not you. you. Oh, okay, okay. Phil Passiri in our group just said two of my alternate stewards uh, pro pro popped into Nassau this morning to check in if they were uh, doing dispatch correctly, and the DM called labor, who insisted they don't have the right to be there. How do you think the members' first stewards would have been treated? Would they have even? Also, Frank Whalen follows that up and says, Phil, I find it odd that they only screw with the active stewards and EMS supporters only only this began during uh, the election year. So uh, stuff like that is happening right now, which you could see that it's just, you know, I mean, come on now. Let's let's be real. We still have Phil on the phone. You know that, right? Yeah, we still got Phil. And I got another question for the both of you. And. This one is, again, because we're trying to compare apples to oranges here, and I understand that it's getting a little You're old. You're never going to get it. But what, what we want people to understand is the differences, and these are two members here who've been here for a long time, just like me and Heck, and just like others that you've heard. We're, we're bringing on other people so you can hear from other perspectives. So, again, what, how does the company feel about Experience Matters? You guys, you guys pretty much know since Experience Matters been in place what they've been going through with the company, how they've been taking on the company. You guys firsthand know how the company feels about EMS. You tell me what you think the company feels about EMS, Bill. All right. Well, first of all, they were in their glory with Strong. Right. <laughs> so, so let's let and, and to, the, to the to the person to the person who was just defending Mr. Murphy, ask Mr. Murphy to give you a list of things that he did. I want to say I've never heard their accomplishments, except for getting sued and going after their, going after members. I don't know what Bill, they've done positive. I'm I, I'm very sorry to cut you off, Bill. I have to make one thing very clear. Sure. I don't I don't defend Murphy. No, no, I'm not I saying am, defend. But when you listen to stories like that, don't you think it's odd they're not running on merits? They were in office. Yes. Why don't they tell people they were in office? All the new people I know, they said that man was a president. I thought he was somebody new making promises. They don't brag. They don't please. They don't brag that they were in office. Let alone put out a list of accomplishments. I don't want to get yelled at. Phil, same <laughs> question sorry. goes to I you. <laughs> no, you're great. Don't worry about it. Don't pay no mind to Carl. His, you know, his head is taking up the screen there. Uh, <laughs> Phil, same question to you. Um, EMS. How is the company feeling about EMS after three years of EMS? Well, let's let's understand something, right? You, you could be an elected official and scream and shout. You can swing on a pole like some business agents in the past we had did. Um, you can do all kind of antics you want. At the end of the day, they're going to respect what's on the paper and can you present the case. Now, EMS has been clearly winning uh, more than their fair share of, of arbitration, and that's what really matters. Can you can you experience matters, right? Can, can, can you present the case? Can you present a case in the office? Can you present a case, more importantly, at arbitration and on panel? And that's what's lasting and, and matters. And if the company certainly, certainly doesn't want to deal um, with EMS in that forum in front of an arbitrator where you're talking about uh, potential arbitrator decisions that can shape the whole local or even the national if it's national language. So I, I certainly think they, they, they'd rather not deal with you guys, and they're just kind of uh, kind of crossing their fingers and hoping that uh, that Danny and his crew uh, get back in. I wanna I wanna I wanna play something uh, to you, Phil, and to you, Bill. That's a cool 
Phil and Bill. Hmm. The Phil and Bill show. That, shit, that, that, that sounds good. Uh, I want to play something to you because this is what, what bothers me, that when they were running in strong, they did not ever, ever, ever mention Ron Carey in the uh, campaign because they were running against Tim Sylvester, which is a big can- uh, Ron Carey fan, you know, that he's been with Ron Carey. But now they are running on Ron Carey's leg- you know, legacy with this campaign because they know they're not running against a guy that was a true supporter of Ron Carey. I mean, all members of 804 is true supporters of Ron Carey. But, you know, uh, Tim Sylvester always mentioned Ron Carey no matter what. These guys never mentioned that when they were running as strong and all of a sudden they have their daughter endorsing them and they're talking about Ron Carey. And this is what I want to I want to play real quick. Ron did. Ron instilled a work ethic in, in the board that he was that he worked with. He worked hard until he got to the IBT. Unfortunately, things didn't go his way and, and um, they were trumped up charges on him. And that's the key word, trumped up charges. <laughs> because when he got into office, when they got into office, they put up uh, trumped up charges on uh, Vinny and, and Tim Sylvester and all of them. Um, I, to this day, I feel, I don't know, you can, you can disagree or agree, but I still feel to this day that what Tim Sylvester did in that office about, that was their money. It was their vacation money. But going over the, you know, not going by the bylaws is it's an offense for me, you know, and I think it's, it should be punished with some kind of discipline. And obvious, uh, they didn't do it right. They did this kangaroo court. They did trumped up charges against them uh, to the whole crew. And this is what he's saying now on his bio. This is him saying that, you know, Ron Carey was wrongly accused and trumped up charges was uh, brought up. But. All right, Let, let's, let's start with the first part, the Ron Carey issue, all right? When Strong came on, the first thing they brought on to the membership was, we are going to remove the home of Ron Carey from the local union. Oh, wow. For somebody who's supposed to... They took the pictures down. They took the pictures down, and we're going to take down the home of Ron Carey. Ron Carey's daughter endorsement, I don't know what they paid her, but she gave 30 <laughs> seconds of a feeble thing like, oh, you know, I hope they do well. That's not an endorsement. An endorsement by who? If I if my daughter endorses me, it, what what weight does that hold? Is she a teamster who fights for the members? So I mean, the endorsement by the daughter, I take that for what it is. All right, Bill, you I believe represented Jim Reynolds and Tim Sylvester. A lot of members don't actually know that uh, when they had the charges put up on right. them, right? I I would like to get into that too, but I'd like to mute Hector's mic. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, All right. Listen. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> to be fair. We have no power over Hector's right. mute button. <laughs> to be fair, and I want to have a shout out to Tim Sylvester. I'm sure he's listening. Okay. All right. Uncalled for. Most, most people. Button, Hector. I'll, I'll tell you what. Most people really don't know. In April of this year, I sat and I represented Tim Sylvester and Jim Reynolds in their clearing he- hearing. All right. Next to me were two empty chairs. They belong to the strong slate who who brought charges but wouldn't even send the representative to, to read the charges. That's how that's how that's how valid their 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 crimes were. They wouldn't even send the representative. All the union's money they spent, they wouldn't even come to the hearing. Our board had to read the charges to Tim Sylvester. How ridiculous is that? Wow. And and, and to your 
to your point, do you believe that those charges were put there for one reason and one reason only? Absolutely. They were there to eliminate the competition. And, you know, there's another part that people don't know. Our board cleared them, all right? Justice, that, 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 there was no justice. They were cleared and restored to members of good standing, which we know when you talk about Montavo, that's a joke, right? These men deserved more than just an apology, all right? But remember, there was, some, there was a part two to that that people didn't know. The, the IBT had 30 days to override our union's decision to clear them. Guess what? The IBT didn't, didn't pursue it either. So if this wasn't trumped up, why did everybody jump ship when they got what they wanted? They eliminated the competition long enough that they felt they did what they wanted to do. And you're right about that because uh, Tony Rizzoglione, the Secretary of Treasury of EMS, uh, Local 804, he, uh, he sent a letter to John Pickle Dick. Pickle Dick? Picnic. Picnic, whatever. Pickle Nick. Pickle Nick. Call him Pickle Dick. Pickle Dick. Whatever. And he was the Secretary of Treasury at that time, and he asked him if you, you need to come down to the hall you know, it's like it was like a subpoena type of thing. You got to come down to the hall to present your charges to these guys. And they didn't even respond to the letters. They didn't they didn't even come like it was like so fucked up. And it made me feel like they used all that money and just wasted the membership money. And, and Danny Montavo was involved. You know, Murphy was involved. All of them were involved in that, and they were wasting so much of the membership money, and for them not to back themselves up after putting all that fucking kangaroo court shit and putting it out there that Tim Sylvester's a thief and this and that, you know, and then to not show up to trial, not to show up to, to the ending of the whole shit. Come on, what that tells you? Yeah. They full of fucking shit. So, Mr. Grohl, is it your... Uh perception is it your do you believe that Hector's wrong in his statements when he says that Tim Sylvester should have been disciplined because that's Hector's Hector feels that no matter what even though it was the members money that he didn't go about it the right way and that he should have been disciplined for his actions all right the reason I, I differ with Hector is because I have a little more insight on on the matter all right okay so I had statements from the IBT auditor right he claimed everything was done the same way it was done with every prior president. Wow. He made one recommendation. Make sure the payout is at the rate it was earned. So you couldn't take vacation at a BA salary. You took it at the salary you earned it. Uh, that was the only stipulation. Okay. Now, the problem was he should have, he probably should have notified the membership. But he did the gracious thing. We had the transition meeting Right where we were going to have the the membership meeting. Right, he was he took the bigger bigger step and let them have the meeting. He said, "Listen, you were the new board. We'll bring, you know we'll let you take over." All right, so that was just a, that was an oversight at that meeting, but also in the testimony at his at his bogus trial. Well, his the, can, the kangaroo his, court. Well, no, even at his vindication because it wasn't really you didn't make the man whole, but at his vindication. The other thing was there was there was just nothing to it. All right, they said that when you when you had the transition meeting with the strong board, did you tell them that you paid out your vacations? Were you transparent with 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 panel with everything that was going on? And everybody testified the same way. Strong was notified about everything. It wasn't until later on that all of a sudden when we got to get rid of people, 
we have charges. Mm. You know what? You were so worried about charges against members in good standing. How did you miss what was going on with Mr. Vialto? You, you did, did your people not sign off on, on monies and checks that were, that were, that was misappropriation. You, at one, at one point, they had the nerve. They sent a letter to Tim Sylvester's house, posted it, calling him an embezzler and putting his address on a website. Wow. How low can you go? That's pretty good. But, but, but that's, that's the people that want to be our future. Wow. Right. Well, well, can I answer that question of uh, why I feel that he should be punished for what he did no, in the bylaws? Mike. What yeah. was that? Yeah, I sure. No. So, <laughs> so the reason I and I to this day and I won't go back on it is because he didn't he didn't follow the bylaws and the bylaws are, are critical in the union. If you have a bunch of people in that hall and are violating those bylaws that protects the members' money, protects the members' everything in that in that hall, the bylaws, we have, as an ex executive board, you have to go and learn those bylaws, and you got to go by them. Like I said, he did not go to the membership. There was their money. It was no money being stolen. It was their money and hardcore because they didn't take vacations. I'm in the executive board now, and sometimes it's hard for me to take vacation because it, when I do put in a week vacation, I have a hearing, and what, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to go on vacation or defend the member? My choice is to defend the member. All right, but Hector, listen, at this point, at that general membership meeting, instead of all of the strong people patting themselves on the back, why didn't they say, we had a transition meeting with the old board, they gave us everything we need to go forward, they could have. They could have said, "Listen." But that's not in the bylaws to say that. It's their right. No, it's, it's his. It's Tim Sylvester in the bylaws as a principal officer, and this is the only one that should be blamed for this is Tim Sylvester for being the principal officer. He should know the bylaws, and he should know as taking money out of the out of the company, even though it's not the membership money; it's their money. What's that from? That's got to be by Carl's house. Uh, what are you in Brooklyn, Carl? So anyway. <laughs> uh, he should have went to the last, you know, to to the to the the first um, general membership meeting, and presented that on the mic as new business or old business, and say to the, the membership that their executive board took out all their vacation. You think the membership would not approve it? They were no, all approved. Of course, but but listen, Hector, there was not a brain surgeon on that on that 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 board. All right. No, there wasn't. We know a half a lawyer called them with that technicality. We know that that was orchestrated. But, but Tim Sylvester is a smart guy, and he, he knew the bylaws. I mean, it was no doubt of mine he knew the bylaws. These guys don't know the bylaws. All right, Hector, so because I don't want to hash this too far because we have more important things, all right? <laughs> but let's be fair. Did it, take, did it need to take three years to vindicate the man? No. For a minor? Absolutely a, a minor, not. If, if anything, like you said, a technicality that the IBT auditor was good with. So who was the who was the uproar with it? It was we need to get these people ineligible to run. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that all the charges would drop on every one of the, the members, you know. But if you ask me, if I feel if it was me being the judge or being the the guy that says, listen, this is what the discipline is, I would have gave him two weeks suspension for not following the bylaws. All right, but, but Hector, here's the thing: I sat there and I felt like this was UPS justice. UPS justice is justice delayed, means they win all the time. It didn't need to take three years to reinstate these men into good standing, but it took three years to make them ineligible to be relevant at, at the time that they should have been. 
All right. But again, my thanks to them because, you know, our loss was still our gain because Vinny's developed now for three years. All right. He was he was in a, in a quiet taste like myself. All right. <laughs> they say I'm condescending. Maybe I'm a little bit like Vinny, but I'll tell you what. Vinny Raw was better than any of them any ever were. Vinny developed. This man is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I'll tell you what. If you're on the EMS slate, I believe, and again, my opinion, you guys can write your tickets for as long as you want to be in charge because you represent the members and you do the right thing. Very well said. I have one more thing to uh, ask Phil and uh, Bill about uh, this this comment that he wrote, uh, Murphy wrote on his uh, his bio. There were two reasons why I came back. Three reasons, actually. One, to clear Danny's name. There you go. He says on his bio that he had three reasons why he wants to come back into office. Remember, they say members first, correct? Right. But the first three reasons, and the first reason they asked for is to clear Danny Montabo's <laughs> name. It's one of his first reasons. He didn't explain the other two reasons. But that's his first reason, is to clear Montavo's name. What do you think he has to clear in Montavo's name? He's, he's trying to make like, like Danny was relevant. And the only way that, that, they, that they even have a reason to run is to justify that everything said about Montavo's a lie. It's all made up. All right? And again, I say to Mr. Murphy, Mr. Montavo, instead of a bio, make a list of your accomplishments. The only thing is it won't be more than one sentence. All right, you were charged by your own employees and sued. Is that what you wanted? That that your fame, the glory, or that you forced out your good friend and president to take his seat and move Murphy up a notch, and 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 to Mr. Guest, who's a multi multi-time loser? How do you not even rank the top three in a dog slate like that? Yo, you're right. I don't understand how you ran for president with Rise Up. And then you're you're just a trustee now. You're not even in the top four. And I and, and to put Ryan, let, let's talk about Ryan Kelly now, because you know Ryan Kelly, you know he, he's he's wet behind the ear. He's a cold twenty six guy. And this is what I I don't understand about this. Our team can deliver a new way forward, and we have a plan, and we have a a formula, formula. where we can bring this local and elevate it to a new level. That, we, that no one's ever seen. What do you think he means by a formula and how he's going to bring this to another level that no one ever, ever seen? Well, well, again, you can make empty promises all you want, <laughs> all right? Like I said, look at their 10 steps. Their 10 steps were based on somebody pulled out notes from negotiations three years ago. That was the committee's recommendation. Now that's your platform. You couldn't do it when you were in office. Do you think anybody's going to give you that shot again? I have another quote from Ryan Kelly and the Laurelton uh, situation also, because that was kind of, you know, it pissed me off that he even mentioned Laurelton and the, the 10 and the pregnant women because he, he called it a circus, but he never showed up to, to, to support those members that were out there. And we had a lot of members from across the, the local that came there to support those 10 members uh, being fired, and he and, and it pisses me off that he has it on his bio, and he has no right to talk about it because he wasn't there to protect the member. I mean, to to uh, to help the members. I mean, again now, with uh, the incident that just happened in the Laurelton building with uh, the part timers that were put on the street again for two weeks, just like we were. And I've seen a lot of circus. I've seen a lot of um, grandstanding, 
a lot of campaigning for something, a cause other than campaigning, he said. the people's jobs yeah. and the families and the people who are out in the street. Uh, other than the people's and jobs who got 10 jobs we, back and all back pay. And he says but. he was campaigning. It was no campaigning there. It was all support of the 10 that were uh, discharged, were only discharged. So I don't know where the campaigning come from. And it saddened me that he, this is the guy that he started in that center, in that, in that building, Laurelton. And now he's in Suffolk. And we had uh, a lot of members from Suffolk come down to support these members at early early morning time. That you know before they start time, they had to ride back to Suffolk County right after they did they you know they support. And this guy never never showed up, never showed up to any of those days that we were out there protesting for those wrongfully uh, discharged. So what do you say about that, Phil? And I mean, I, it, it's just that. He pisses me off when he says something like that. Well, again, listen. Another thing that you didn't mention, you know, we weren't the only we weren't the only local out there. There were other local supporting us Absolutely. for standing up for our members, and a lot of them said, "I wish we had a board like this that would stand up to the company." That's right. But what I say to him is, "Where were you? Right? We were there. Other people showed up. So those ten people weren't relevant enough or a big enough Photoshop for you to show up." All right. If you want to, if you want to put your mouth out there, back it up. When there's something going on, why don't you show up and participate? Remember, the the, the person who was who was in charge of that building was your boy Rocky Webster. All right. I like Rocky, and I was I was actually happy he couldn't run because <laughs> I was embarrassed that a man that sat and watched the clown show you guys put on at negotiations was going to actually give them another shot. So thank God for you, Rocky. I'm glad you're out. Yeah. Well, well he, he got one he, question. He wasn't out because he wanted to be out. He, he was. He, I got that. I got you know. that. No, I think he wanted to too. I think he was looking for a reason because I mean I don't know. I haven't spoken to him, but the rumor was that he was trying to find you know a way to get out of there because he knew how bad the ship was sinking. What comes to the question? Do you think that all these guys that uh, that said yes to them because a lot of guys said no to them to run with them? And this is like a, a he's scratching guys, members from underneath the barrel and just grabbing whatever. And I, I forgot someone else did that. Uh, Liam. Liam did the same thing. Liam just went out there. Asked, Listen, if you got three months on the job, do you want to become a B.A.? You know, this this is the same mentality that he's using right now. And the mentality that he's using right now, he's he's going after all the 22 fours and 22 fours that are listening out there. Listen. You got to know the history because they don't know the history of Local 804. So they figure we'll go campaign on Saturdays and get the 22 fours to vote for us. And and uh, they don't know what we did in the past. And that's cowardness because they know that the regular members that work Monday through Friday and uh, been here for years know the bullshit they're going through. And it's sad that they're going after the, the, the weakness. But but that's the reason that's the reason I wanted to come here so badly. Like I said. These people they're appealing to, the part-timers, the 22 fours, right? They were the people, they were, at the drop of a dime, were selling out. They told the company, you can have them. Just give us what we need to get this done. We want our pension increase, and we'll give you Sundays. That's all they were worried about, all right? I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because Santiago, our brother Johnny Santiago out of Metro Queens, one of our stewards there and a, a union activist, he says, please ask Bill... Was it Montavo the one who got us this pension increase? Because that's what he's putting out there. Is that true? 
I mean, Montalvo's out there putting out that he's the one that got this pension increase? No. Listen, a pension increase was was on the table. And you know what was funny about that? We were told we were told that as a matter of fact. We actually they actually came and told the committee because we said, What do you mean you went for a pension increase? There's other issues. They said, Oh no, no. Finance is, is only the board. They they cut the committee out of the finance part, right? And their thing was, we're going for a pension increase. Well, you know what's a funny thing? I sat there with Walter Kane, you know, and tried to explain to a lawyer there were other issues. The accrual rate was one of the issues I was hot on. Okay. You want to boost the pension five hundred dollars, all right? Well, we're going to leave the accrual rate at the Howie Redmond rate, all right? So members are only going further back if they can't do twenty-five years. Well, let me tell you something. If I'm a twenty-two-four and I'm working sixty hours a week, I'm not going to see twenty-five years, all right? I need that accrual rate to be fixed. Their answer to me was, Bill. You have nothing to do with finances. And by the way, we can't touch the accrual rate because we want that full 500. That's what we promised. So again, it was a promise you made before you had it. And you thought the promise of that and telling these poor, telling these poor guys, hey, you know, you're coming to them now. You're not telling them we were going to have you work Wednesday to Sunday because we all want Monday to Friday. We got families. Well, I guess the 22 fours that they shake hands on with Saturday, they don't have families and kids. Because they would have been working Wednesday to Sunday, and Sunday would have been a straight-time day, and they wow. were good with it. Wow. Can I, can I ask a question? Sure, Carl. Absolutely, Carl. How are we going to just, like, tell you you can't have any questions? Come on, Carl. Stop it. I, I'm trying to talk, and you keep talking, so that's <laughs> pretty much how you can do it. Well, it's our show, um, Carl. You're just a, a third wheel. Wow. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, Carl. Go ahead. Where's Jamie? Anyway... <laughs> The, the pension increases, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know too much about it, but isn't that based off of the, no board can get a pension increase. Isn't it based off the actuaries? Yeah, the pension increase is based on the actuaries and newfound monies. Remember, in this last contract, whether we like the 22 fours or not, it was the largest influx of full-time jobs this local has ever seen. The reason right. I talk about the accrual rate now, we go back to Howie Redman. I had no love loss for Howie Redman, but guess what? Howie Redman had the formula. The accrual rate is 125th of the total pension, all right? Now, the last two increases did not address the accrual rate. So I try to explain. See, my inside people, they know who I am. They know what it's about. But I try to appeal to drivers, all right? I tell a driver, can you, can you answer me, a, I think, a simple question? If you work 24 years and you can't finish, do you know what you're getting for a pension? And they no. all look at me and they all think, well, it's got to be, it should be 44, maybe it's 42. And when I tell them it's barely 3,300, they're in shock. What are you talking about? So do I the math. I didn't know that either. Do the math. What you got to do right now, whatever how many years you have full time, multiply that by 144. That's what you're going to get as a full time pension because the accrual rate hasn't adjusted with these bonuses. Mm -hmm. See, I call them bonuses because they're not available to everybody, right? If you're not gonna make 25 full-time years, you're not getting that top dollar. You're getting the years you work times 144. Now for an inside person, that might be more relevant because a lot of my inside people don't get a full-time job till after 12, 13 years. So for them to put in another 25, my people have to work 30, you know, 38 years to get a full pension. All right. So we need the accrual rate to be fixed. Now, 
to the current board's uh, merit, I know they're actually working on that at this point, all right? It's not something that has to be negotiated. If we have the funds, we're not asking the company for money. We're saying we have the funds to do it, all right? So there are actuaries involved, all right? But to tell me that you're saying your members first, but no, you had a campaign promise that you needed to come to fruition, or else, again, you only made two promises and one of them you couldn't deliver. You know, Bill, you know, it's fitting that you uh, you mentioned members uh, first of uh, promises with the accrual rate and bring it up. They only know what the accrual rate was is because you and I taught it to them in, in negotiations when we were there. Wow, is that so? They didn't even yeah. know what the accrual rate was. Well, they did have a bunch of lawyers running the local at the time, and they spent a lot of money on those lawyers, that's for sure, um, because apparently they really didn't know what they were doing, and they needed all the help that they can get. So uh, we saw those LM2s, and we saw how much money was being paid out to lawyers' fees, and we saw for, for, for some of the things that they were actually using them for, which is, was r quite ridiculous. Well, I can give you a perfect example. Yes, please. The last day of negotiations, we're there 12 hours. There's a man sitting in the back of the room that nobody knows. So we're like, you know, who is this guy? Yeah. Oh, it's one of Walter Kane's people. Oh. He's taking notes on salary. Wow. We would be told we would work 12, 13-hour days, get paid eight, because we can't pay overtime. You know, this is, this is negotiations. But Walter's buddy was sitting in at the back, drinking and eating, taking notes, and getting paid corporate rate. But they were good with that. Oh, man, so, Bill. Uh, that, now that we're talking about Walter Kane, and we had a big general membership meeting, and I don't know if you were there, when Eddie Viata had the membership vote to get mm -hmm. Walter Kane out. And it was, I mean, everyone voted get him out, and he 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 seconded, and he got. He says, "All right, now Walter Kane is not long, no longer an attorney for Local 804." So right after that, when Danny Montabo and Murphy went after Eddie to get that seat, and he did, finally he got what he wanted with Hoffa. Uh, he he rehired Walter Kane right after that even against the memberships, you know, that they didn't want him. What do you think about that? What do you think he's going to do now if he gets into office now? You think he's going to bring Walter Kane again into the, the play? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I wish Walter was listening, all right? Because I, I, won't, I won't say any libelous statements because the truth is never liable. But, you know, Walter, you will never see another dime from this local. So don't worry about it. Get a real job. <laughs> and I think he's on the inside right now, you know, telling Danny what to do. I mean, because this is this is the funny part is that, um, and I, you know, I, I I guess I could talk about it because you know he wasn't qualified to to run, and all of a sudden he got qualified to run. Uh, and who, it was I'm the sorry, G, the G, to, yeah. Who who wasn't qualified to run? Danny. So, okay. uh, well, stay with us there, Carl. Yeah, so no, no, no. I, he didn't make it clear. He, no, because he wanted me to say the name, that's why, but it's all right. He he knew what the fuck I was talking about. Um, and you could play dumb all the fuck you want, anyway. Uh, so it's so funny that the G, the GEP meeting is into December 14th. That's when all the IBT uh, vice presidents and trustees, whatever, they all have a meeting every. And, and it's on the uh, 14th, but he's, he got a clearance from Hoffer before 
that that meeting, that GEP meeting, which is okay because you know if if you're in good standings, just run, you know, run on your merit. And this is what I want. I want him to run, and I want all of them, whoever they are, because I have I I've been with the company 15 years, and I I don't know half of the freaking slate. I I only know three people, four people, five. Ryan Kelly, I know six. Uh, that's about Bruh. it. Half. It's about it. It's six people that I know. Uh, are they capable of doing the job? I don't know. But it, the other guys, <laughs> you know. who who are they? I mean, where they've been in the union? Where they, what what have they done? What are they gonna do to uh, improve and do better than EMS? Well, heck, they're not though. They're like when you go to a Broadway show. They're a seat filler. All right. <laughs> Listen. Wow. You didn't have enough people to run. All right. Let's pull some names out of a hat. My thing is, for the people who had experience, you didn't need to jump on this train wreck. You could have went out there. Listen, do, do for the members what everybody, every other good teamster does. Paying your dues doesn't make you a good teamster. All right? Making the union better and stronger for the members, that's what it's all about. And that's why I'm here. I'm not running for office. I'm here because I have a vested interest in this union staying strong. And thank you for that, Bill. Let me tell you, we appreciate you greatly. And I, man, you have definitely dropped some bombs here today. And uh, we're. And we're, I myself and many members on our board work day and night to feel like, make, make the members feel like there was someone around. And the prior establishment that was there before us, uh, one of the main reasons why we won the election was they didn't come to work. And that's, I want to talk about that. Right. Come to work. Because, you know, I'm in the office. And, 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 and it's surprising to me to hear that, uh, you know, the ladies that are there, and we have some, uh, you know, long-time uh, ladies that are in the office doing the Titan and all that. I, I just found out just not even a, a, a couple of weeks ago because, I you know, whatever. It is what it is because I know they, they will fuck up in that office anyway. That they were making the ladies close to the hall at night because they wasn't they didn't even stay at the hall long enough to close the hall at five or six o'clock at night, and they were letting letting the ladies you know do closing of the hall, and that that fucks that that kills me because he's saying here that he's gonna be there uh, for the membership and all this, and you wasn't there the first time. What makes it, what makes it different now? Well, I don't know what his definition of twenty four seven is. I think that's nine to five when, when he's available. <laughs> Even less. Uh, and, and we spoke about that last week also. He, he absolutely right. From speaking to the ladies at the hall, they would make them. What kind of man? Forget. Even it's just the membership. I get it. The membership is the most important thing. But even the women in the office at the hall, like how do you make them close the building? That just listening to that makes me so sick. As as a man, you want to make sure that these these were. I mean, not that women are defenseless or anything, but seriously. No, but chivalry has to still exist. Uh, right, right, right. Where's the chivalry, Carl? Absolutely. You know what? Ha what happened to the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys all gone? I mean, these guys were hold running the out of. Hold the chair out. Close yeah. the office. Yeah, hold I, the door I, I, open. I just want to. 
I just want to be in somebody's brain that's running with them right now and says, you know, I, you know, I mean, it just, it just, it just bothers me that you know you you you're going into something that you don't know nothing of, all mm-hmm. right? Because you never was a steward, or if you was a steward, you was you was half as a steward or or a company steward, because that's what you know. That's what I see there. I see why if someone will approach me. And say to me, listen, and I just got on the job or I don't know nothing about the union. And, and they, is it an opportunity for me? I mean, because that's what I'm hearing out there, that these guys, oh, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It is an opportunity, but we got to run a local. It's not the opportunity because you're going to get into office. You got to run a local. You, gotta, you got 8,000 members that you have to support and, and you have to defend and know the bylaws and know the, the contract and all this. So a, a person that don't know none of that and never been through all that or been a shop steward, and if you approach me and I never, I, I would say no to the job. Why no. are these guys are saying yes to this job? Well, listen, you're 100% right, you know. But here, here's the thing I said, listen, so you approach these people, all right. To my thing, I, I think it's nerve when I hear them talk about money being spent by the board, all right. You got sued by the local, by your employees, okay. You spent how much money on trumped-up charges, all right? We'll look the other way on that. You got paid salaries for three years and did absolutely nothing. You were the most overpaid and the biggest crime ever to our local. Your salaries, that was theft. That was embezzlement. Taking salaries for jobs you didn't do. So what makes them think now that they, they're different now, that they're going to get into office now and, and show the membership that they can do better than what EMS has proven? I mean, I haven't heard anything yet of what they're going to do better. Or no, what no, they- no, 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 not, not better. Their, their thought <laughs> process is, listen, listen, we, were all, well, we weren't all there. We were at nominations, all right? If you were at nominations, you already know what the outcome should be, all right? But what happens in everything... Voter turnout is very important. If people don't vote, doesn't matter who's the stronger people, all right? That's why they appeal to the people who don't know they were in office. Guess what? Why do we want the new inside part-timers? Why do we want the 22-4s? They're the only ones we can brainwash. Anybody who knows anything about them won't deal with them. So they're figuring in a low vote-out turnout, if we get, there's a big turnover at UPS. If we get enough of these new people and these new drivers, I mean, that's got to be your core, the, un- the uneducated. And we're here to educate them. So by them going on Saturdays and trying to get these 22-4s and part-timers into the, I mean, I, don't, I, I still don't think that that's getting into in members first. Because member first is all the members, completely members. And um, I, I don't understand what they, they, they task is to go on a Saturday and campaign Saturdays only. And because, I, you know, I know they feel that the, the regular, you know, like everyone else is, is not taking their bullshit. And this is the newcomers that don't know the history of Local 804 and them because they have a history here, uh, Danny Montawa and Murphy. The other guys, nobody knows nothing of. I mean, I didn't know about John Guest or Medina until they asked me to run with them. And then when they told me uh, the the $4,000 price tag, I told them, go fuck themselves. I'm not running with $4,000. You guys don't have any any merits. And and, and the thing was that, you know, they had a public uh, person to 
announced who they were. I don't need no one to tell an uh, outside person, especially not a teamster, to tell me, to tell the members, who am, who am I? You know, that's what they had. So, you know. But, Hector, <laughs> you make your own point, though. That's why they go on a Saturday. It's the only people that will even entertain them. All right? They're not going to come to a building that knows what's going on because <laughs> they got nothing to say. Phil, are you still on the line? I'm here. Oh, Phil, let, let me bring you into the conversation. Um, let me ask you something, Phil. If there's Phil, anything forgetting about us, Phil. yeah, I don't want to forget about <laughs> Phil. Phil, if there's anything that you could say that you could, uh, that you want to add to the table about what you've experienced with Montavo and anything, there's a story maybe we didn't hear from you. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Uh, Tony, just repeat that real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, That's fine. Uh, I just want to know if there's anything that you would like to say about Montavo and Murphy, anything that you remember in the time that you were, that they were in office, anything, any stories that you have that you'd like to mention that you think that uh, the members now should be aware of? I mean, just to Bill's point, I mean, Bill is, you know, Bill always has a mouthful, right? That's um, second fiddle to Bill, but uh, I appreciate him for that. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's, it, it, that's why they're appealing to the new people. Because anybody that's been around that has any kind of um, experience, they know. They know that these guys weren't, weren't worth anything of it. So if they say, okay, we're going to go to the 22.4s and the part-timers and all the new people and, and tell them and reinvent the wheel. And the sad part is these are the people that they were so willing to give up come negotiation time. And it's really, really is a sad shame. I mean, I heard, I don't know if it was uh, Murphy or, or Ryan Kelly or one of them that said in their bios that uh, they talk about that uh, 4070s weren't getting their jobs, which, by the way, uh, I know Chris Williamson's doing a hell of a job working on. Uh, hopefully soon we'll have 110 jobs, you know, um, uh, in our local. I mean, the people that made 4070 that they're actively working on. And the sad part is, is that Eddie and company and Danny and company almost gave that away for nothing. People don't realize this. If I just take a moment to share with you guys, there's, there's a story actually how I came on the committee. They wanted no part of me on that committee. And what happened was, is there was a proposal that the company said, listen, you know, we have all these jobs. We have these central sorters. We have this uh, belt man, we have positional, um, we have this, um, uh, you know, these, these, all these jobs, they're obsolete. And, um, you know, we just want to get rid of them. How about this taking up space in the contract, let's get rid of them. Right? And this board, led by Danny, was, was going to go for it because they didn't have a clue about inside language. And luckily... A business, a business leader, but I have a lot of websites was, listen, I don't know nothing about this stuff, but I know I'm dealing with a steward, and he says he has central sorters. Maybe we need to hold up. So fortunately, I got my hands on the proposal, and it was worse than I thought. This would have destroyed our local. It would have set us back 50 years. We would have lost the Red Circle jobs. We would have lost the, the, uh, the 180 complement. We would have lost all these top-paying inside jobs. And these 4070s, these 110 uh, ladies and men that are waiting to get their jobs, um, eventually that they will get them, uh, uh, would have been gone because that, that all would have, would have went out the wayside. So, Hector, I know you were at that Stewart's meeting, same as I, where Eddie put it out there. Listen, anybody that's willing to help, um, I'm available. Right. And, 
And thanks to uh, Chris Williamson's prodding, you know, I kind of cornered Eddie and said, listen, you know, listen, I'm willing to help. You, know, you, you guys don't know about this language. You don't know whatever. Let me come on board and help you. And he agreed. And that probably was the downfall for him. They probably, after that, if they let me and Bill on, forget about it. They probably want to get rid of them just for that alone. And, and it's sad but because... It's real... Go ahead. No, no, it's, it's just sad that, you know, the the... the the controversy that that was in there in that hall with with Montavo, Eddie Murphy, everybody was was so. I mean, you guys could have seen that because you guys were there. And was it was it was it really like a kumbaya type of you know party for them, or they were just fighting against each other and just fucking up this this contract? Well, listen, it was to our benefit that they weren't kumbaya. Otherwise, they would have pushed it right through. There was in-house fighting because they they came to see our side. Hey, maybe we're not we're not ready for this. Maybe we don't we shouldn't be sitting here without help. All right. We listen. At the end, we had most of the committee members that were all strong supporters on our side. We had more than half the board on our side. That's why they they it was stagnant. They couldn't go further, and they ran out of time. And Walter would get frustrated. You know, another thing that nobody knew about Walter. Now, when you're at negotiations, the union and the company have their own rooms. They're locked conference rooms. In between breaks, you go to your own room. Walter Kane had free access to the company's room. Wow. We would talk about something. Walter would disappear and be coming out of the company room. All right, so we knew what that was about. Walter was there on, on Hoffa's behalf. Get this local done. We need a contract. It's the only way we can get these guys back in. And they knew that was their only way back in. They had to make, make good on their bogus you know, promises. And when things went to shit, it would have been too late. They would have got three more years' salary. Right. Well, they, they, they are, they're putting the blame on Eddie Viata, you know, Murphy and, and Montabo. They're putting all the blame on Eddie Viata that yeah, using because him as a he, was the principal, he was the principal officer. But the question is, is this. I don't know if you were there when the news broke out, when uh, this shit, the scandalous came Hector, out. Hector, I was sitting next to Eddie Vialta. What, what was the reaction there? You were the right. inside guy. You right. were there. What, what happened you know what? there? This, this, was, this was really sad because we actually, we actually were starting to get along. He said, listen, I see what, where things are going, all right? So we're sitting and talking, and I see the man looking at his laptop. And, like, you see, like... Like the, the face of fear or like, like you know, the, like the just drain. drained from right. his face. And I said, Eddie, what's the matter? He goes, oh, I can't talk. I said, well, what's the matter? He got up and left. Five minutes later, here comes Montavo, you know, announcing, we don't know if we're going to have a meeting today because Eddie's not available. Well, what do you mean Eddie's not available? You know, you knew you played that video right before we were going to go in on negotiations. This was a time thing, all right? The man was there prepping. Right. And you want to blame Eddie? Blame Eddie because he wouldn't sell out. That's all you could blame Eddie for. All right. Whatever other faults you're going to say he had, that was not that was not union. That was. Yeah, he did things wrong. But guess what? Nobody was more criminal than you guys. You were willing to sell out everybody for another shot to, to, to run and, and get in. And like I said, if you want to talk about theft, you taking a paycheck. That was theft. <laughs> well, as far as I know that. From the inside of their camp, because I, I do have someone that's calling me and telling me when they're meeting and how they're meeting, and I, not lately, but in the beginning of time when they was putting a slate together, 
Uh, it, it's so funny that you know they they already they already starting to not get along in that and just this is just they're not even running yet you know they they're gonna get on the ballot now and they wasn't getting along when they were having these so-called secret meetings at uh danny cross's house um and the funny thing is that they were talking about what what their strategies were gonna be to run this campaign and their strategy they were saying is negativity strategy and negativity meaning that the first name they put, they came out with was my name Hector that they're gonna they're gonna put out that I'm a rat that they you know that I I four guys in the list that he has uh, I ratted those people out to management and I shouldn't deserve to be in in office and the question I have is when we ran against them the, before why didn't they come up with that then. You know, why now? Because what do they have now exactly what they have? They have nothing. And I I, I, I spoke to, uh, I don't know if you guys know Cyrus. I spoke to Cyrus and I, you know, Cyrus says to me, and uh, I'm not going to talk about the whole conversation I had with Cyrus, but I'm just going to talk about this particular uh, point that uh, Montabo wants to put out dirt against me. And he says, I said, go ahead. I want it to come out because I want the members to understand he's going to look like an asshole because I have whatever he's coming out with. He has no proof or I'm going to prove him wrong. And he goes, no, you know, Cyrus is like, no, Hector, don't he don't you don't want that. I said, no, please. I beg you. You have his ear. Tell him to put it out and tell him to come on my radio show and put it out for the members to understand what the fuck he's talking about because you're going to push shit in the wall. You just, you know, just like they're doing with Scott Damone with the money situation. You know, they're being sneaky and they thought they wasn't going to get caught out there uh, putting those pamphlets or whatever the fuck you call that, a type of thing, and, and putting it out and not knowing that your words are the same exact words of what you say. The truth may came out, come out, right? The truth yeah. is going to come out. Mm -hmm. That's a Murphy saying. And Murphy was the one got caught in the camera doing that because the the sneakers matches the sneakers, whatever. But this is this is the kind of campaign they are trying to pull out. And you, what do you think about negativity and the campaign when they have nothing to run on or what they're going to do better for the membership? And you think the members are dumb enough to understand that negativity is good for this local or is it the merits and the positive is good for the local? Well, Hector, what choice do they have? If, if you want <laughs> to... No, so let's, say, let's be fair. If they go to the positive, you might as well just play the cricket noise again because... That's the positive. Mm -hmm. They have nothing. They listen. They haven't done anything. All I, all I could think they're they're telling these people they're bringing on, it's an easy paycheck. We got paid three years and did nothing. You could do that too. What that? What's the appeal? That's all they could be telling them, because I don't believe there's a man there that thinks they could do a better job than the board we have. Let me ask you something. It's a little though. bit late, but I got it. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you had a message that you wanted, to, and this is going to go to you too, Phil, uh, after Bill. Uh, if you had a message that you want to put out there to all the people now voting in this election and who are, 
you know, young and inexperienced and don't know much about what's happened or what's going on or even about the future of it. If you had a good message, something you'd like to close out with, something you'd like to, you know, let everybody know going into this election, things that these, especially the younger members should know, because a, a lot of us already know what it is and we know where we're voting already. This would be more for the upcoming members and for those listening here to be able to spread the word and let everybody else know. What message would you like to send? All right. Well, my first message is to the new people in the 22 fours, all right? Don't believe the promises. Ask them how they're going to do it because you won't get an answer, all right? And let, and let me tell you, this board will do everything they can for the inside people, for the new drivers. We have a contract coming up in 23, all right? They're never going to see any of that negotiation, all right? Our board will do what they have to do to make sure things get better for the inside and promises that were made three years ago but never followed up on, they may come to fruition with a board that can stand up to the company and, and isn't, isn't tied with their hands behind their back. Are you ready? And I need you all to vote. Listen, people don't realize, if you're here a year or you're here 35 years, your vote counts the same. You need to vote, all right? A vote, a vote is important. It's a right you have by being a Teamster member, and it protects yourself. But I also would like to give a little message to my boy, Mr. Montavo, okay? Let him you have know, it. Go ahead, Bill. Whether he's a liar, confused, or just stupid, Danny Montavo has no business running, running for president of our local. Let his three years in office with no accomplishment serve as notice to what, what, he, you know, what he brings to the table. Nothing. My important message to, to everybody, don't be fooled by a fool. <laughs> Wow. Phil, Phil, same question. If you got a message out there, you'd like to tell the, the, the younger members, you know, somebody out there that's still on the fence, doesn't know, they haven't experienced the last executive board, they've only been here three years and this is all they know. Is there anything that you could, uh, is there any message that you would like to give to them? No, I just keep it simple. I mean, just uh, tell them the old saying, hold back with is not gold. You know, I mean, they're coming out with negativity. They're, uh, they're they're making false promises. You know, just just do your homework. Talk to people who've been around. Talk to people who lived through these last three years by the skin of their teeth. You know, um, just the last thing we want to do is go backwards. Um, I mean, that I, I don't think we could take three more years of of um, of that administration. As a matter of fact, this administration would would. would probably be 10 times worse uh, than it was because at least the last administration had a few uh, really quality people. You know, I know Hector's very fond of Kirk as I am. I'm expecting him using my building for a little while. Um, but who, who does this slate have? Uh, for crying out loud. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I mean, it's in the slogan, experience matters. It does matter. I mean, I'm an advocate for Anybody has the right to run, but you, you really don't. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to say, it's like the President of the United States when you run for that, right? What, what does the, uh, the Constitution say, right? You have to be no felonies, born in the country, over 35. But we know there's all kind of written rules, right? Most of them are lawyers, they're career politicians. You've got to work your way up. Maybe you were a senator, you were a governor. You did something to prepare yourself for these roles. I mean, forget about even talking about Danny and, and Murphy, who've done nothing for us for three years, um, but try to sell us out. 
I mean, you, I feel bad. You're putting these new people on this position to run. God forbid they get in. What are they going to do? They're not prepared. I mean, I don't know them. I don't want to speak ill of them, but based on their bios, they're not prepared for, for what's, what's coming for them. And who's going to suffer? The membership will suffer. That's right. You know, so don't be fooled. All the glitter, that glitter's not gold. Um, and do your homework. And don't, don't take all word for it. Talk to people who've lived it. And hopefully people will make the right choice. And, and, and that brings me to this. Because members got to understand, and I'm sure the podcast is going to go crazy. They're going to listen to this. And a, a lot of uh, shops are going to recommend to listen to this show. And the thing is, they talk about division. They talk about not dividing the local. Dude, you gave us the biggest division in the world when you, your slate, your whole slate were against each other, split into two slate. And some of them didn't even want to run because they seen that you guys wasn't worth running again with. Some people just retired. They just said, I'm out of here because I can't run with these guys. And then you split the whole slate to a half, which is a division. You know, you're dividing now. So now you got to get uh, guys that you guys ran together and supposedly been one whole union and, and, and split it up to, you know, Bancor had his people. Uh, Danny Montawa had his people. And some of them that didn't that was in the board didn't even want to run with either one of them because of the fact of how fucked up it was in that hall those three years. So you got to understand this, guys. And the guys that don't know that don't know what's the history of it why would you want to vote these guys back in when they didn't have shit going on in the three years they were there they didn't prove anything they had a fucked up uh you know slate together they split each other up they talking about dividing and that was dividing they talk about oh we're gonna put you know we're gonna put the members together that's not putting the members together that's dividing because when the members see that you're divided in that hall and you're fighting it in that hall what makes you think it's not going to be a division throughout the whole local absolutely and then now here they come back again uh three years later right and now all those people that they had that well they split like you said originally right they got what two or three guys out of that original slate from the beginning and then they just added on a whole bunch of whoever they can find basically i don't know if he put out a craigslist for business agents like i mean and no offense to any members that are you know feeling disrespected it's just that we don't understand and and bill touched on this earlier why you would run on a a slate that you know that the people that are at the top of the ticket aren't uh never had the the best interest of the members at, at heart they never had it so you know i want to thank uh bill and phil big time for coming out here letting us know exactly what was happening on and and just so you guys know these are all facts from bill and phil here things that they saw that they've experienced with this uh, with, with this slate with some of the members of this slate on negotiations on uh, things that happened afterwards, before, when we were in the vote no movement, uh, apparently some of them were voting yes. Uh, they were in bed with Hoffa. Hoffa was, and this is all things we heard here firsthand today, that they were again uh, helped win the election with the help and support of the Hoffa regime. On top of that, you know, um, used Hoffa's experience and lawyers to try to put charges on other members that were not deserved 
I mean, we learned so much here because of you guys today, and I want to thank you guys so much. Is there anything that anybody yeah, else I'm not wants finished. to add? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, John, John Guess, okay. when he was in Rise Up, he he hated Danny Montavo. He hated the guy. I mean, it's a perfect example. I mean, you know, when, when he was recruiting me, Damien, and Raul, and, and other people, the first thing out of his mouth was like, yo, I can't stand Danny Montavo. He's a piece of shit. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't, no one should vote for him, blah, 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 blah. But now you're running with him. So how, what are you telling the members that now you get along, get along just to get into office, but you still hate the guy. So you're going to go into office if you get into office, knock on wood that he doesn't. But, you know, if they get into office that they're going to have that love, hate relationship. And what are you going to do? You're going to go against each other and fuck up with the members. You're not going to be members first because now you're thinking about. I don't like this guy. I'm going to fucking fuck him in so many ways. And in the reality, you're not fucking him. You're not fucking you. You're fucking the membership because you're not agreeing and fighting in that hall. So I don't understand. And, and, and the perfect example that he had a guy that ran with him and, and rise up and he approached the guy. I'm not going to say his name. He approached the guy and the guy said to him straight up, he says, John, are you fucking serious? You're asking me to run with you with that guy when you fucking told us you can't stand the guy. So this is what this is this is the crazy part about it, you know. You have a slate there that don't know each other and hate each other, and how the fuck you want to run for a local eight hundred four thing? And let me tell you something. And I'm not saying we are peaches and creams at EMS. We we at the end of the day we argue because for the for for what we want right for the membership. And I'm passionate, and I'm always fighting. Uh, talking about you know oh I, I think it should be it would be better for this member to the, the way we we all should be at the end of the day with EMS we all put our heads together and we discuss a lot of hardcore shit that benefits the membership and at the end of the day we're on the same page so it's always going to be arguments and 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 bullshit in the in the hall because someone feels better than the other one about membership and and how it, it runs but at the end of the day. You know, EMS, we all sit together and we we brain fuck each other of how we're going to do it, make it better for the membership. And that's what it should, is all should be all about, the membership. What benefits the member? That's the main well, that's, concern. That's the type of fighting that you want in, in the hall is the, the healthy fighting to get the best thing for the membership. I don't think you guys have any personal... Uh, issues with each other. I've been around all of you, whether it was in a large group, a smaller group, even, you know, you and Scott, I have a picture that you and Scott hugged each other. That's all I needed. for the <laughs> But I, I, you know, I'm still puzzled. And, Who's spreading that rumor with me and Scott? I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to talk about Scott anymore because I already said in the past couple of you shows. You guys love each other. I know you guys love each other. I, it's not about love. It's just that I could work with the guy. I mean, the guy's a fucking brilliant guy. He's a oh, smart so guy. Guys love each and other. that's another question. Who are they going to have? Who in that in that slate will you think, Bill, that will do the job that fucking Scott is doing as far as panel prepping and all that? Not just Scott either. You got Lou Barbone and Pete Piero. These guys put so much with Scott. 
And, and, I want to know who's the team. But, yeah. but heck, put these th cases together. They work so hard. I want to know out of all of the all those guys that I don't know nothing of, who's gonna who you think is gonna be the better man to represent the members at a panel than Scott Demone? I, I you know, it just puzzles me. Well, Hector, I can tell you what. There would never be anything go to panel with that board. Because they would get they would they, listen, it's get along. Whatever they would have to do not to go to panel. We wouldn't see panel for three years if they were in because they have nobody. So, I mean, the company would love that because, like I said, they had their way with them before. All right. It, it was a company. It was a company shop. They might as well pay union dues. All right. <laughs> these guys, these guys have nothing to nothing to present. They have no reason to run. I don't care what the bylaws say. A member in good standing, member in good standing should have some backbone too, and, and should should be able to say, "I've done things for the members." You know, again, maybe I'm not maybe I'm not a politician, but you know what? I stand on my, on my merits. I stand on what I do for the members. If you guys could present what you guys do for the members, maybe people would give you some respect. I wouldn't, but maybe somebody else that didn't know would. Well, I can I can tell you one thing that they are saying because I'm hearing it throughout my. Well, you in Nassau? You, you sh that's your buddy. Go ahead. That's unnecessary, Hector. The one thing I'm hearing is that the current, you know, our executive board now is sending a lot of drop letters to people, telling them, you know, we're we're not taking your case to panel. And I've asked, anytime I've asked any member on our executive board, you know, what's going on with this? I'm hearing that, listen, we're, we're going as far as waiting outside people's houses to catch them to say, hey, you got to come to panel and, P and, and the, the fired members aren't interested. Time out. So, time out. Time out. Time out. I wanna, time I, out I'm going to give you a board. scenario right now because I want to make you feel like you're the board guy and you're going to make the decision. So you have... A member on video camera with assault in the second degree, in uniform, diet board, beats his girlfriend up with the diet board. You see it on camera. You he beats the shit. Not only that, she gets away from him and go and he runs after her and beats her up some more with a diet board. Will you take that case to panel? Me personally, I've never had the opportunity to to take anything to panel. But no, I probably. I'm would. just telling you to be on that scenario that you're on that side of the fence. Now you are to make an executive decision. You have film, you have evidence, you have blood, you have a witness that's that has you know that saw the whole incident. What would yeah, you do? What would you do? To, would you take will you take that to panel when you have all the evidence standing in front of you with video, police report? Blood, a complaining, a diet me, board as evidence. Me personally, me personally, I would not. I would not waste the the membership's money. But this, on a this, these on guys a that are running, board. these guys that are running, says that every member should have a day in court, and it, they, and, and right. And that's why. Right. That's why they say members first. These I'm members should have a day in court, but do do you, as an executive board, as a principal officer, will bother even to take up a case like that? And this is the cases that we're refusing. Those are the cases that we that we see that is the eye. You know, the camera is a crazy shit. The the camera is the proof of evidence. You know, Hector. Not to offend Carl, 
But let's ask that. I don't to get offended. Somebody who's a little more experienced, and maybe <laughs> if he was on the board, let's Please. say he was. Right. Let's say Bill was on the board. I think Bill uh, would be a Bill little and more. Phil. Bill or Phil would be a little more adequate in answering that question. Would you guys take on? Would you, Bill? Let's say you're on the board. You're a uh, trustee or a business agent, and you have to take. This is your member now. This person, as the Hector just said, beat this person, uh, his girlfriend, up with a dyad board, all the trimmings, medical reports, witnesses, eyewitnesses. Do you take this case? Every, even though every member should have their day in court, is this something you would pursue and try to save this member's job and spend the union's money in arbitration and trying to fight all of this? Well, let me, let me explain something first, all right? Each case is an individual case, all right? There are cases that can be won, all right? We have to be, you know, you have to be responsible with the member's money, all right? The board is dealing with the member's money. I have people, they miss 90 days of work, they're late 75 times, and when they get fired, the union won't do nothing for me. Are we, we going to go in front of an arbitrator and say, this man needs his job? When in UPS, you get 15 bites at the apple before you're out the door, all right? There's members that don't deserve a chance. If, listen, if you give away your job, you gave it away. I tell members all the time as a shop steward, I have never in my career fired anybody. You fire yourself, all right? But I'm honest with them. All steps of discipline, I tell them, you got to create, you have to fix your behavior, all right? It's not acceptable. When I give it, I talk to a guy who just got suspended five days, and you miss seven of the next 12 days, what do you think I can do for you? There's no, there's no message there anymore. I'm not your father. I can't call you up and bring you to work, all right? But here's the problem. When Strong was in, when Strong was in power, all right, they had favorites. They had supporters. And if you were a, a supporter of, of Strong, they wasted member money to protect you, all right? We had instances where grievances disappeared. They were part of a deal to get somebody back. We had a person in our building that was fired three times, all right? All three times, the whole exec executive board for, for Strong showed up in her support. Later on, we found out they couldn't save her anyway, but they gave away the house to try. Is that what we want from our board? No. We want responsible. We want responsibility. All right. If you have, if let me tell you something. If you even have a slight chance to win, EMS has got your back. If you gave I away agree. your job and you don't give them an option, what are we going to do? I'm not going to an arbitrator and beg for somebody's job that slaps me in the face and don't want to come to work. All right. There are there are just there are lost lost causes. All right. Not everything can be can be fought. And that's another thing. Right now, labor and the Warren team, uh, they, they are giving them information to try to make it look like EMS is not doing their right thing. And it only, it's only one reason, because, you know, labor, once, you know, we had a labor guy, you know, resign because he couldn't even, he says, I can't, uh, you guys are, are going to win. You know, and this is him telling me. You guys are going to win another three years. I can't deal with another three years with you guys. I wish the other guys were there because we were on vacation. And this is a labor guy telling me Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And, and now and the story that, told on the other side is completely different. This is what's crazy. This is what's crazy with fucking politics and all this bullshit is that you're saying that they're so happy. You're, you're saying, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. So please don't don't think that. You're saying that. The company wants you guys out. They want these guys back in. 
I'm hearing from the other side that they love having you guys in and they don't want them <laughs> yeah, in. Okay. Listen, I deal I with them. The a, I don't think there's a no. member. Okay. There's not a strong steward in the local that believes that. Go ahead, Bill. Let me let me tell you a perfect example, all right? Of course, I was not a strong supporter, right? So when they got voted out, I always was concerned, where are my grievances, right? They found a folder in a drawer with 275 grievances, right? That were in a folder in a drawer, never submitted, all right? So the company knew that while Strong was there, there was no labor. Because what was the blowback? What was my, who was I going to go to when my BA was sticking my, my grievances in a drawer and they weren't doing anything with them? And how do I get a member to participate when they say, Bill, they won't answer you. What are they going to do for me? And I didn't care because guess what? It's on paper. It'll be heard someday. I might be retired. They might be mailing me a check. But guess what? If it was left in the hall, EMS will deal with it. Yeah, I, it luckily, it didn't, it didn't hit the shredder as most of our grievances did. Hundreds of grievances disappeared. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> Remember, when, when they came in and had the transition meeting, most of the drawers were empty. So, you know... I can tell you none of the grievances filed at Foster Avenue were anywhere to be found. So, so yeah. This oh, is yeah. why, this is why, for the longest time, when I heard that there was another slate, I'm oh, advocating for I'm a sorry, fucking guys. debate. Wait, oh, Phil, wait, Phil, Phil go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I just want to say one thing real quick before I got to run. I have a uh, family function. Uh, just to that point about um, Danny and, and, uh, and Murphy saying about two, every member deserves their day in court, I mean... The more silly cases we take, the longer it takes for the members who are deserving to be there to go. Wow. Uh, the longer uh, you know, it Great takes uh, you know, some of these cases and grievances to go to go to panel. And we're wasting members' money and resources. So that's a part of it that you know, nobody has a fact. It sounds good until everybody should have their day in court, but that's just not feasible. Wow. Um, I want to I thank you guys for having me on. I really got to run. And uh, keep up the good work. You guys are doing a great job. Heck, to keep up doing the good work on the, on the show and, and on the board. And, uh, Bill, I'll see you on Monday. All right. Thank you so much, Thank Phil. you, Phil, for uh, Thank you, Phil. calling in. That was Phil. Right, take care, guys. Um, I, 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 I like Phil. Yeah, Phil's I mean, a good dude. Know, Phil's a good Phil, dude. Phil, 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 Phil knows his shit. Yeah. Just like Bill. I, I respect Bill Bill 110%, you know. I Absolutely. mean, he should, he, I, you know, anybody should be in, in the position I'm in. It should be that guy, that guy right there. I'm all choked up. No, that guy right there. Put <laughs> the uh, baby crying sound. You know, but uh, Bill, Bill, you know, I like to listen to Bill. Bill has the knowledge and uh, everyone else to listen to Bill. Bill is the man. I mean, every time. When he came into the hall, I just love to hear the stories that he had to tell. So, yeah. So again, man, what a great show! Thank you so much, Mr. Grove, for being here and gracing us with your presence. It was much appreciated. Is there anything you want to say before you go? I want to say thank you to the two years. I really was happy to be here, and I want to just tell the members, please make sure you vote. Thank you so much. I want to thank Carl Morreale out there on Zoom for joining for the two seconds he was on there. I want to thank Hector Fortis, as always, for setting this all up and actually getting all our technical support working because we got on Zoom. We got everything going. Uh, man, uh, thank you for all the listeners. And like Bill said, please vote. Voting is the most important thing. There's only uh, about maybe nine days left in the Oz uh, campaign election and the international election. Please make sure that you put your ballots in the mail. 
Yesterday was the last day for you to call for your replacement ballot. So if you haven't done it by then, you're done. If you do receive your ballot and you put in your replacement ballot and and it's coming in, please make sure you send it out right away. And again, our local election is coming up. November 23rd, ballots are going out for our local election. Please look out for them around Thanksgiving, a little after. They should be showing up to your home. Make sure you send it back right away. We don't have a lot of time. I believe we have three or four weeks tops. It's not like the international election where we had, you know, almost two months. No, you got to get your ballots in as soon as possible. Uh, I just want to say, go ahead. I want to thank you for all the education that you gave everybody today. I think it was... uh very informative. This is what this show is about. This is what the show has been about. I want to thank you. Um, I am an EMS guy, as you can see right here. I'm not a I'm not a no, I know. members first guy. <laughs> but um, thank you very much. All right, Carl. Uh, thank you. Did you have to read a question that John Santiago? I already read. Oh, that you already one. read it. All right. So I just want to thank everyone. I want to thank Bill. I want to thank Phil for coming on the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. They have the balls to come to our show. That's all I got to say. And if you're on member slate, if you're on that members first, management first, whatever they want to call it. No balls. We're here. No balls. We will be more than happy to listen to your supporters. If you have any supporters that want to call up the show and tell us about you guys. Listen, this show is for everyone. No balls. We're EMS supporters, but we're willing to listen. What are you afraid of? Come on, I'll be come nice. On the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are come you afraid of? I want. I, listen, if, if member first, anybody that wants to come on the radio show, I think it's a good platform for you to tell the members what you exactly what you're going to do with this uh, election that you're costing the membership thirty four, thirty five thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. But you heck, know, let's not heck, go down What are you going to do road. with your hour and a half? Exactly. <laughs> well, again, That's you can true. listen to us on Google Play, Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio yeah. now, Podomatic.com, the MixLR app. Yeah. Uh, We're on Facebook Live, so it's going to be, uh, you can could, you could look at it on Facebook Live if you want to look at our pretty faces here. Uh, or you can, uh, I'm going to put it on podcast later on today, so you can uh, download it into it. We are all over the place now. We are on iHeartRadio iHeartRadio, we on uh, Spotify, we on iTunes, we on Google Play, we all over the place. You cannot say you never heard the What the Heck show because you have all platforms to and listen to. How long to before the... you get to put it up on podcast? That's, you know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As always, stay united, solidarity. We're here to put the you, you put back the in you. union. That's back right. Union. Thank you for uh, call, uh, listening to the What the Heck show. And thanks to Bill and everyone. And uh, we'll be here in another two weeks. Uh, to do another live show. Thank you very much and have a good day.